The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong, I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the mirror while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Cause you and I outweigh. Happy Saturday, Outway fam. Amy here and back for a second week with Michelle Pelipit. She is doing a residency here on Outway with me. And Lisa's on a little bit of a break. So bringing in another registered dietitian as our expert. And thankful to have Michelle join us for four weeks total. And she's even been on um, the podcast before, so you can go back and listen to other episodes. And last Saturday you're on, and we were talking about diet culture versus intuitive eating. And today we're going to dive in a little bit more into intuitive eating and balancing your needs and meal planning. And Michelle, I'm going to hand you the mic and um, you lead us in this conversation. Yeah. So this is something that comes up often in my work with clients. Something that I do in my personal life is balance planning and intuitive eating. And, you know, like we were talking about last time, there's this myth that intuitive eating is kind of doing whatever you want all the time. And that is hard practically and logistically because everyone's got a job and a schedule and we're busy. And so some amount of planning and meal prepping actually can be so helpful for just living an easier life, being set up for your week or even the next few days. 
but I think it's something that a lot of people don't see as coexisting. So I, I like to try and coach clients on how to prep, how to be prepared and ready and like really be efficient with your time in terms of cooking and eating while still having the flexibility so that it's not feeling like a diet. Okay. So I have busy days and I know when I don't plan ahead, I do have this weird thing of like not wanting to fall back into older patterns. Like, oh, I feel like if I'm planning too much, then I am on some sort of a plan and I don't want to be on a plan. Like I just want to be breezy, but then I get stuck at work and I'm hungry and it's fine if they're all that there is is a cookie and I end up eating the cookie. It's fine. I'm not Mm going to, it used to be where if I had a cookie, it would derail my entire day and I would just eat cookies all day. But now I'm in a place where I have that cookie. Fine. It gave my body a little something that it needed, but it's not ideally what I would want in my body if I had planned ahead. So I think there is this, there's a space for this conversation right now of like, you're not doing anything wrong by meal prepping. It can still fit into the intuitive eating lifestyle. So you're speaking to me right now. What do, what do I need to be doing? Cause I'm sort of a rebel. I'm sort of a rebel where I'm like, I still don't want to prep too much. And I need to. Right. I I get it. A lot of it is a matter of redefining just that phrase meal prep, because I think it conjures this image of like seven Tupperwares of steamed broccoli and chicken. And like, no, that's not what we're talking about. I will say I have, I have meal prepped like chicken that I have blended in like a Vitamix because I read that my body would digest the chicken better if it was blended. (laughs) Okay. So not to, don't, I don't, I don't like doing anything that like people might get any ideas on here for that, but I'm just saying I, when you say meal prep and that's probably maybe why I rebel against it so much is because yes, I ordered all these special Tupperware things and I had them Mm -hmm. laid out and I was portioning out blended chicken. So (laughs) that is not what we're talking about. Yeah. It can be way more fun than that. Part of it can be simply changing the timing and the day and just the routine of it. So if the idea of spending like three hours on a Sunday afternoon in the kitchen sounds like torture, then just don't do it. Then maybe you have a low key Tuesday morning and that's when you do a little bit of prep. And then you also have a low key Sunday afternoon or Friday afternoon, and you do a little bit of prep then, and you can do days at a time rather than the whole week. And just that reframe can be enough where it doesn't feel so overwhelming that you're like diving into diet mode. So that's one more mindset shift, I think. And then practically with the food, what's important and what's helpful is to think of ways you can still maintain variety while being prepared. So if I'm making pasta, I will cook the pasta and put it in the Tupperware plane. And then I have, let's say like a marinara sauce, as well as a salad dressing. And one day I maybe grab some frozen meatballs from the freezer and the marinara sauce and some cheese. And I do like uh, spaghetti and meatballs. And then the next day for lunch, I take some of the pasta and add a whole bunch of salad ingredients, plus my salad dressing. And it's a pasta salad. And so you still have like the bulk of the meal prepared because maybe cooking pasta is the the hardest task. It's not that time consuming, but let's say like you prepared one big component of a meal and you can use it in different ways. Yeah. I would say it can be time consuming. So it's still something that takes like you know, at least 15 minutes from start to finish. And then you got to make sure you get the pasta just right, which sometimes is is difficult in itself. Like an example might be 
grilling chicken for the week or something, Mm -hmm. but keeping the chicken like grilled with some nice seasoning and you could either throw it on salad, you could throw it in the pasta, you could use the chicken Mm -hmm. in different ways instead of just the chicken the veggie, the, the way we used to portion it in the, those meal prep, but right. like may, if grilling is something you enjoy doing, but that can be a little bit time consuming, then grill it all up for the family. We'll see. I think family, cause I've got husband, two kids. And sometimes that's, if my husband's grilling on Sunday, I'll get a bunch of meat and I'm like, grill all of this up. And then we eat it differently throughout the week. Right. Right. And then with repurposing, you could, even if you had the time and brain space, like let's say you have a whole package of chicken, you could do two separate seasoning blends. Like maybe one is a lemon pepper and the other one's a Tex-Mex. And then that makes it totally different. But even if you keep it kind of simple and versatile, thinking of those flavor profiles is another way to repurpose in a creative way. So rather than, okay, I'm putting my chicken on a salad one day and in a wrap the next day, like I'm going to make this a taco salad and add the black beans and the shredded cheese that, you know, those are easy to just grab and throw on and some salsa or whatever, and like really go all out with a certain cuisine. And then when I put it in my wrap, maybe I do a Greek style wrap and I add hummus and olives and roasted red pepper. And again, those are all pre-made ingredients that you can just toss in. And that's a totally different flavor profile. Is there something in our brains or is there any research that shows that if we like can spice it up, that helps us in a way? From an eating disorder, disordered eating perspective, I think it's really important to give yourself permission for all of those flavors and sauces and things. Cause it's something that's typically avoided because of fear of calories and sugar and whatever else. So I see a lot of people, if they are restricting their food, only use like herbs and seasonings or cooking things in water and stuff like that. So, or like vinegar on the salad, but having the other flavor agents is important. And a lot of them, especially if we're talking about sauces and things, a lot of them um, have some source of fat and olive oil in a salad dressing or whatever it is. And including those fat sources is extremely important because when you're eating it with other foods, they're going to contain most likely some of the fat soluble vitamins. So you want to pair any food that has a fat soluble vitamin, vitamin A, D, E, and K with a fat source so that it gets absorbed. And you're not just eating these foods that would be beneficial without the kind of cofactor to absorb them. Everybody is different probably in times of day that they eat, but when it comes to intuitive eating, or if you've got a client coming to you, or I'm just thinking like, there's so many things we've been told online is like, wake up and now this is intermittent fasting and we don't talk about that, but some people might just be like, yeah. don't eat until you feel hunger, but I have to leave before I have time to get hungry. And then when I start work, it's very difficult on work mornings to like stop and eat. So I've had to know for myself, it's better for me to just go ahead and eat before I leave the house, whether yes. I'm hungry or not. And it's interesting, the the thoughts I have around food in the morning now, it's not like me stressing about, oh, I can't believe I'm eating before my, quote, fasting time is up, because that used to be <laughs> me, or, oh, I can't believe I'm eating right now and I don't have hunger signals. But I know my body well enough to know that I'm going to end up getting hungry while I'm working, and then I won't get to eat. I'll use this morning as an example. I wasn't that hungry, but I went ahead and made two pieces of toast and I smeared avocado all over it with some sea salt, which I thought was a great brain 
breakfast. Right, right. I mean, I'm so glad you you brought this up. And and I am one of those people who, if I have like a 6 a.m. flight and we're getting up at four in the morning to leave, I will be hungry and like I will eat as soon as I get to the airport. I am like hungry in the mornings, but everyone's different. And so I think it's amazing what you're doing, eating because you know yourself and you know you need the energy. And that's so true for everyone. So I actually recently was reading, reading up on intermittent fasting to figure out, you know, what, what are people saying? Is it really true? What's the truth here? And the benefits that do come from it, the benefits people talk about of like, Oh, better metabolic health, blood sugar control, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't come from the fasted window. What's more important than the amount of hours you're eating is actually eating in accordance with your circadian rhythm. So having enough energy early and often in the day, because when your body wakes up with the sun, it wants to be awake and moving and like alive and doing things. And so having a consistent like breakfast, lunch, snack throughout those first two thirds of the day is what's really best for you to feel energized and alert and awake and like be healthier. Do you have some helpful snack ideas? I will give you ideas. And then linked on my Instagram, I have a link to a downloadable handout that is like an exhaustive list of snack ideas. So people can go download that, which is very, very long. Since you mentioned that you're, we'll mention it again at the end and it, it'll be linked in the show notes as well. But Michelle Pilipich nutrition is your yes. Instagram. And handle. then the link in my bio, I have a few different like freebie downloads in that big list of snacks is one of them. So definitely get that. And yeah, easy snacks that I like to go to are trail mix is a big one because it's so shelf stable, I will carry around like a jar, like an empty peanut butter jar or something that's washed out, any glass jar, fill it with trail mix and just like always have it with me. And then when it gets empty, I refill it. So trail mix, any kind of like sandwich. I love doing like a PB and J or a half a PB and J as a snack, a half a bagel with cream cheese. Like those things that are super simple tend to be really good bars are easy. If someone wants to grab a bar, any kind of like fruit, if you're bringing fruit, yes, things like apples are super portable and probably won't make you that full. So bringing it with like the trail mix or some nuts or some, like a couple of string cheeses or something like that. Those like peanut butter crackers, sandwiches, baked goods. You know, I love homemade muffins and I'll bring muffins places. (laughs) I just want to speak for the apple and cheese combo because they're so good together. And sometimes I don't feel like they get the love that they should as like a perfect little snack couple because the, in my opinion, like, yes, either string cheese or any cheese, like a sharp cheddar cheese with apple is so good. Well, have you ever seen I've seen recipes for apple pie with cheddar cheese in no. it. That's like a thing. I've never had it. Okay, I'm writing this down. Yes, <laughs> make your next apple pie with cheddar cheese. It's a okay, thing. Okay, <laughs> I have to look this up because I feel like I would love that. I, I bet you would. <laughs> Sandwiches were a big thing that were on my no list. And I agree now mm-hmm. I find myself making more and more sandwiches and they really are just so easy to keep in a yeah. like a little bag and they're my purse and I bust it out. My kids Same. have to take their lunch and they don't like sandwiches. I guess my daughter buys her at, at school now, but my son has to take a lunch every day. And my kids, they lived most of their life in an orphanage and then they came to America older and they never had had sandwiches. So they don't like them. 
And it's very difficult to try to find, like, I can't, they don't, he doesn't have a way to heat up his food. And I'm like, we can't take, you know, chicken legs and rice and beans every, like that is his jam. Like that's what he wants to take, which is amazing. But I see all these moms sometimes packing their kids' lunches on Instagram, these cute little sandwiches and putting a note inside. And I'm like, (laughs) like, I don't know what to do for lunch. Like I, it's very (laughs) difficult, but I just want to say you're, you're, inner child if you grew up like I grew up in the 80s and 90s and sandwiches were our thing and for me I wrote them off for so long and then a couple of years ago I had a sandwich after I met Lisa and was doing some of her programs Mm -hmm. and it was like the biggest deal for some of you listening a sandwich might be scary Another big fear for people, if they're going to have a sandwich is, okay, then I can't have another carb with it. So I can't have the chips or the crackers or anything on the side. And so that's something really great to challenge. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like today I had a sandwich for lunch. I had a tuna salad sandwich and wanted hummus on the side. And I was like, okay, I have bell peppers. I can do bell peppers in my hummus but I also want something crunchier than a bell pepper. So did half the bell pepper and half everything bagel seasoned crackers and like still had the bread, all the carbs are fine. And like, you can have both the like awareness of the nutrition and taste. Like, yeah, I love the taste of the vegetables plus something else, like no rules about the carbs. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap today's talk on just scheduling your, your food or your eating with intuitive eating? Yeah. I mean, I think something else that you brought up and is important to reiterate is that paying attention to your schedule might mean eating before you feel hungry and that will be uncomfortable at times. And it is the intuitive thing to do. Like this whole kind of trope of like, listen to your body. Yes, it's true. Most of the time. And sometimes listening to your body includes listening to your brain and like knowing those logistics. So you're not going to be like banned from intuitive eating for having a snack when you're not hungry. There is a time and a place for that too. Awesome. In the meantime, Michelle, they can find you on Instagram. Yes. At Michelle Pilipich nutrition and my website, michellepilipich.com. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.